Listen, the Great Dive Podcast is not for everyone, thankfully. I mean, there are, there are people that it rubs them the wrong way, even, even being suggested that there's a better way to dive. And when I say I think there's a better way to dive, I'm speaking from a lot of experience. I learned coming up through those various agencies and the various methods of teaching and diving where it was, hey, just do your own thing. Hey, you choose. You try these things out. And I did. I butt-mounted my light. I used double wings. I, you know, I had the garbage hefty bag dry suit. I've had full face masks. I've, I've had the different reels. I mean, name a reel out, a manta reel, the click and lock, the hand jobbers, you know. I've had all those. I've used them. And then I, I met real divers. And not, not that the other people aren't real divers, I guess that comes off wrong, but I've met skilled, magical divers in the water that thankfully took me under the wing and um, showed me the light. The biggest obstacle in receiving that is your own ego, okay? If you are already think you know it all, you can't learn a fucking thing. And I think Plato said that, or somebody very smart said that. It's up in my head. I just heard already. Brando yeah. say it. <laughs> Again, I said somebody great. Speaking of hand jobbers, let's keep the <laughs> Welcome to the Great Dive Podcast. You're here with uh, hand, jo- hand jobber Jamesy. <laughs> Sorry, James. The J went with you. It was the yeah, hand jobber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all right. And click and lock Brando. <laughs> no, you got to get me with something. Bolt, uh, butt mount Brando. <laughs> there you go. Do you ever butt mount your canister light? Do you ever try it? No, I never did a butt mount. Some things you don't have to do to learn. That's called standing on the shoulders of giants. Let other people do stu- stupid shit. When I say it's stupid, there's a number of reasons why it's not super practical. It's not, you know, I, did, I don't think uh, it's going to kill you. I did like chest mount, cross chest mount, mount a pony bottle. Well, there's still a lot of people that do that, and they uh, they don't really. S- I know they don't see any issues with it because they haven't been shown. Here's all the things that can go wrong with it. This is why it it's not con- really a, a very well thought out system. Okay, it's just it's just easy. You just put it up there, <laughs> right? Isn't it easy? Ah, click click. Although our way is easy too, isn't it? Click, click. Oh, yeah, yeah. And hey. uh, you can really make anything work. Like the, the thing that drives exactly. me crazy is these people that like, get on the computer uh, and sit there on these forums and, and, and groups and sit there and talk shit about something that they really have no clue about because, like you mentioned, yeah. they've never done it they've another way. They've never tried it, they've never done it, or. They even gave it a, a try, and they they found it was uh, too difficult to change their previous way. They just quit. I think the way that we as a community are going to grow is by actually, one, getting in the water and diving. Well, that not, helps. Not, not posting about it on <laughs> the, the Facebook group of the yes. week, yes. right? Uh, showing good behavior and good habits that that change people's mind just by seeing it in the water. You know, when, when, when people see you in the water and go, wow, that's impressive to see. Why do you do things this way? That's how you change it. Not by making a post that, that just talks shit about somebody. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it's I, like the old adage of the proof being in the pudding. Like you can't sit there on Facebook or scuba board and make fun of somebody's gear configuration or, or fin choice or whether they're using an air mcdoodle or not and think that you're really going to change somebody's mind but being in the water one-on-one with them or in a group and then they, they can see the application turn to absolute shit show that's the real proof of, of, of why somebody like us dives the way we do yeah. Because I don't I don't want to be in that circus. <laughs> oh, I'm with you a thousand percent. It 
Yeah. I was in that circus. I was in the circus. Too. I paid I, I paid money to take a class to get a <laughs> ticket to that circus for many, many years. That that's why that's why I left. Agreed. And I think the other side of this is I don't I don't want the anybody to think this is something personal if I if I say, Hey man, why don't you try this or why don't you carry a spare mask? You know, I don't think you're an evil person. I don't think you're a moron. I just think you haven't thought much through this. Either you lack experience, um, which is the biggest it's prob- thing. It's probably the case. Yeah, or you haven't thought it out, or you think you're a better diver than you are. Right. Okay? You think that if your mask is lost, is broken underwater, which I've seen the broken imploded masks more than I've seen the lost masks. As a matter of fact, my mask imploded on dives. So... It happens. It happens, and uh, if you're not prepared for it, it is a potential problem. You'd be foolish to say that it's never going to happen because it does. It right. doesn't happen all the time. No, no, rarely. But ne- but neither does running out of air. Exactly. <laughs> but you plan for it. But you plan for it. Well, some people plan for it. Some people it, it, plan it's for some it. People having, it's uh, having that same conversation <laughs> with some people like uh, – uh, what do you mean you're, you're just not going to do any type of a gas plant at all? Right. Or when they begin, when they begin the, like if I ask, but well, what's your gas plan or what will you do if this happens? And they begin the reply with, I'll just. Okay. Right. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Wait, wait, wait. I'll just. Wrong, wrong, you, And wrong, then I'll say, wrong. have you ever practiced that or done it? <laughs> Even replacing your mask with a mask from your pocket. Ask someone to do it that's never done it. It's a fucking fumbling circus of a goddamn comedy show. Right. That's what Brandon just pulls pulls off his mask, <laughs> throws it down, z- 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 unzips his dry suit. We are done here. Yeah. Anyway, I don't do that anymore. I just I walk away. I just walk away because I've, I really am not. Uh, that's not my nature. It's just not my no, nature. Not- and you're better at it. You are, you are better. You're way more diplomatic, and you're way, way more uh, charismatic with with talking to these people, and maybe opening up their brain just a little bit, and, and getting some uh, a few tidbits of of wisdom and knowledge and experience in there that you've had. So, me, I'm just like, I have four kids. I I talk to fucking stones and walls all the time. I don't need to do it out on the dive boat. I go there for my enjoyment. oh right right and again this doesn't mean you're a bad person or you're a horrible person or i hate you or i want to see your you know you and your family burn in hell i don't (laughs) i just think you haven't thought out diving too well you really don't have any experience or enough to make a uh a really good decision i'll I'll tell you flat out if, if if you have i don't care how many certifications they are and I don't care what agency they're <laughs> yeah. from. If you only have certifications from one agency, you're missing yeah. a lot. Yeah, or one instructor even. Even if or that's a, a great instructor. Especially, right? even if it's the best instructor in the world, right? you really don't know anything about diving. You know about diving that guy's way, which right. might gel properly with your brain. But you don't know diving from all the different instructors out there all the different ways of looking at things from all the different perspectives male perspective female perspective yeah a uh, cold water perspective warm water perspective overhead uh, all technical all the different perspectives out there if you only have one no matter how goddamn good it is it still ain't enough it's one viewpoint and it's one way of doing things and it i, I can guarantee you it is short-sighted in some way that and if you don't have a vast level of experience to go along with it outside of that instructor or outside of that agency, yeah. you're really – you yourself are not really diving. You haven't made it yourself yet, right? right? You're just going through the motions of somebody else. You haven't really internalized it and made it yours, which is where that deep-rooted level of experience comes from is what ultimately makes you capable of being that next-level teacher, which is where we have mm-hmm. gone to so many times of knocking out 100 dives, you know, 
sixty percent of which have been under the the guide of the instructor, and the other forty percent, you know, in the exact same environment of where you took those classes, is it yeah. preparing you to teach that next generation of divers? Agreed. I like the way way you put that too. Internalizing that instruction, so you have to take that 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 information, that data, and that uh, you know wee bit of experience you have in a class, and internalize it. Meaning. Every instruction is basically your license to learn that whatever that instruction you got. That's your license to learn. So now you get it, and you have to get out there and dive it 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 with people of similar mind, mindset anyway. And then you'll start to, everything will start to shift. Things will, will click. Pieces will fall into place, and you'll start, uh, it'll, it'll start to become your, your way of diving. And then, then seek out something else. And it'll start to round out your whole. It'll fill up that tool, your own personal toolbox. It'll give you those tools that you know how to use. Like that's your hammer. Now, if you, anybody's into carpentry, or you know, a good carpenter can can take even a shitty hammer, shitty saws, shitty chisels, and make something magical out of it. He yeah, will, no he kidding. or she will struggle a little bit at times because. The He's tool isn't hammer. theirs, right? It's not not their hammer. It's not their saw that they have, and they get those saws, hammers, chisels. They get all those tools from working with them, and they find out what works, what doesn't work, and it kind of becomes their own. You know, I have my favorite tools uh, that I work around the house with. I have a favorite screwdriver, for that matter. It's it's silly, it seems from the outside, but like if I need a uh, you know, to use screwdriver. There's one screwdriver I really like, and I know that's a, kind of a silly example, but it it is what it is. I've made that thing my own. I love it, and and that's the way it is. Well, I don't think it's a silly example. I, I think it it's because um, people are like, you could use goes, a fucking Swiss Army knife screwdriver, dickhead, to take the <laughs> screw out of your light, pl- you know, light switch plate cover. You know, why why do you got to go out in the garage and rifle through a bunch of tools to get your your screwdriver that you love. Or it's just like, you know, Billy Baru. My and grandfather Caddyshack. gave me this screwdriver. <laughs> exactly. It means a lot to me, god damn it. It's like Caddyshack, the old Billy Baru, you know? You, you, Billy, 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 Billy. The old Billy Baru, he, that one putter. Yeah, you could use any putter, make the putt, but this one fucking putter is your baby. This is the one well, that it's does like, the job. It's like me, like, I love cooking if I've got the time to cook. Yes, but I agreed. I'm I'm a terrible. Well. I'm not good at cooking. I don't now, believe you. I don't now believe the, you. I don't believe. Well, here's you. the deal. Like I I can like I've wanted to make a couple things, right? And I can find a recipe and follow a recipe, yeah. and make and make something really awesome. But it's not. And it's yours. like oh cool. But mm. it, it's not really me making it. Right. I'm just ripping off you know Chef Joe Blow's recipe. I love that Chef he put Joe out, Blow. Right? Chef Joe Blow's awesome. Got some or, great recipes. You know, but I gotta I've gotta print that recipe off, read the article half a dozen times, you know, watch his YouTube video, mm-hmm. take those notes, go to the grocery store, get all of this stuff, come back, you know, reread it again, go through step by step. Um, and, and it's gonna take me ten times as long to put this recipe together. And it's gonna yeah. come out maybe pretty close to you know what? Mm-hmm. What everybody was raving about. You got to try this guy's recipe. Whereas if that same chef came to my shitty ass kitchen with the shitty stuff in my fridge and cupboards, yeah, he could put something magical together. Yeah, just with in my crappy kitchen with, with my weak ass spices. But that's his recipe, and he knows because that. he's making. Well, yeah, but but he's making he's making it himself, not because he took. One cooking class mm. is oh, where I, I'm going, I, I, right? Yeah, he's I been really cooking like his recipe. whole. He's been yes. cooking his whole entire life, and he's cooked with all the top chefs in the world. And he's is this Joe Blow? In, uh, he's cooked Joe, Joe Blow. Joe Blow. Yeah, yeah. Chef you Joe can Blow? Go, you can Google him, Chef Joe Blow. <laughs> Does he have a cooking show on HDTV? He's, yeah, yeah. Cooking channel, anything like but that. But he's he's <laughs> cooked in like a million kitchens, good ones, bad ones. He's he's cooked everywhere, you know, not even in a kitchen on the hood of a car, you know, maybe or whatever, <laughs> right? But he's taken all of that experience, in all of that training, and has made himself the ability to get into the flow of cooking and make it happen. 
mm-hmm. because it needs to happen. And I think in a long roundabout way, that's what we were talking about with education and being a good diver is because you've had all these different experiences, right? That's why, like, I, I don't think it's so bad, you know, to to take a specialty class from somebody. Agreed. Because you're going to learn something, even if it's the dumbest specialty out there. Is, yeah, there, a, take a, is a, there a dumb specialty out there? I just signed up for Mermaid 101. <laughs> hey, that is not a dumb specialty. Mermaids for sorry. James is sorry. He said what he no, said. No, 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 no. No, I would love to take um, a mermaid class. I think it would be a, 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 be, be a fun experience, and you would definitely learn something. Yes. Will it benefit my diving? Who knows? Maybe. There's probably I've, something you get out of it. The, I would hope there's going to be. I, and I think that that's where if it's coming from a good experienced instructor that's a well-rounded instructor five years from now i'm going to be on uh you know some dive in some place and some little tidbit's going to go bing oh oh you know what i remembered that instructor saying this yeah and and i apply it yeah yeah in a completely different setting that's what real learning is in, in my opinion is you're able to apply all those other things to what you're doing right now you know you can apply something that you learned from a, a good, you know, guitar instructor into your dive planning of you know being meticulous about something. It just comes out of you. Not like you sit there and go, you know, I need to incorporate this guitar lesson into my dive plan today. But yeah. rather, like in the process, it comes out of you. That's what real learning is. Of course. I mean, the, again, I go back to your word internalizing and and. Again, back to your analogy to the recipe and cooking. So you you take a, a, a recipe, you seem you find it, you're like, I want to try this. You cook it once according to the directions exactly, and it turns out pretty good. You like it. But then you start to keep cooking it. You keep trying it, and you, you make it your own. You internalize it, and you really know what each ingredient is adding to that recipe. And you... Uh, you make it your own, and you can make it into a masterpiece, all because you internalized it. I'm hoping that's kind of coming out the right way, and it's the same way with diving. You know, you go out. I learned some great things from great instructors, but I didn't really start um, to have things click and fall in place till I kept diving and diving and diving and using what they taught me. I mean, if it takes trying out a different, uh, a completely different philosophy to get you to understand why some things are done better in a different manner <laughs> than do it. But to just blindly say, this is the best way, and that's the only thing you've tried. Right. It's rough. My instructor told me this was the best, so yeah, clearly this is it, the yeah. best, and I'm going to always ignore everything else. That's a, that's a fool's way of going about life. Right. Or just, just do something that works for you. Well, that kind of excludes the team mentality, which I guess if if you're not going to take on the team mentality, you can basically do whatever the hell you want. But I'm a team. I'm a team diver. That's me. Right. Well, it's the hardest type of diving there is to learn. Yes, diving in a team. I would agree. Yeah. But once it clicks, it, correct. It's the most. It's, it's, it's the most it enjoyable. T- it takes the most work. Hundred percent agree. Uh, and it becomes the most enjoyable when you've got a real team in the water. And it's it's not unlike anything else. I mean, it's a real team that wins the Stanley Cup. It's not just a couple of dudes that all like to play hockey that show up one day and grab some <laughs> sticks and a puck and, and make it to a championship. Yeah, exactly. It takes a lot of practice and a lot of work. Well, it's like um, even musicians, you know, playing solo versus playing in an orchestra and making it sound beautiful, you know, or a team out on a sports field. Uh, you can see a team that doesn't work well together. <laughs> and right. you can see a team that's a team, and they're magical. Well, and, and then, I mean, I've been on teams that mm-hmm. that were made up of uh, all superstars, team, su- superstars that all wanted to do their own thing. Exactly, and you ha- and we had a shitty team. Yeah, and I've been on you know a, a team where 
everybody was working towards the same goal and, and there were no superstars, but everybody worked well together and mm-hmm. we kicked ass. Exactly. Exactly. I've seen it a million times. You know what? I'm kind of a professional at uh, soccer and tennis and swimming teams that my kids all participated in, right? For years. So four kids over 20 years. They all played at pretty high levels, but various situations where they go in, they've got a, like my oldest boy was on a team for about six years, the same guys, and they were selfless, and they weren't super superstars, but they were all very good at what they did, and when they came together, they were almost unstoppable, they were awesome, They and they weren't arrogant or anything, they were just really fun to watch and magical. That doesn't mean they never lost, but what it means is they, they gave it all on the field, and they never were trying to be a superstar never right. on their own page were, yes because the team wins the game team wins the game and it's more fun not just not just one person so it's that yeah. selflessness that makes it and, and i think that translates extremely well underwater and i think that's one of the biggest things that is going against the mainstream education right now is it teaches you to be yourself underwater instead of being selfless knowing that you know, I dive when I dive, I'm diving for you and you're doing the same thing for me yeah. Like and the other people in the water with us. Right. That's what makes the magic happen is I'm in the water and I'm thinking of what you're thinking so that you don't have to look and worry and position yourself for me. I've already made it happen. Right. And, and I know you're doing the same thing, vice versa, which allows us to be able to accomplish so much more and move so much smoother have more fun in the water and, and actually accomplish what we want to do rather than people j- that just get in the water by themselves. They're doing the same dive. They're in the same place. They see, see the same shipwreck, but it ain't the same magic. No, not at all. Not you, at all. you know, like having, having those magical dives versus, yeah, I did the dive. I, I can put that in the logbook. There's a huge difference, and that's, what, that's where I really feel my best and in, in my real element is when those dives are magical. But that takes somebody hmm. that's on the same page with you, which takes <laughs> years of work and practice to get there. Well, and once you find those people, you, you, better, <laughs> you better hang on to them because it just doesn't happen. And I, seeing what I see in the dive community, I see a lot of people come in. They, they want a bunch of patches on their jacket. They want to brag about reaching certain levels. Um, they're on their own page. They're definitely on their own page. They flop around a lot. They are not magical in the water by any means. But um, they come in and then they leave, or they can't find dive buddies, you know, uh, people to dive with. Uh, that's because I think, and this is just a, you know my experience and what I've seen over 35 years of diving, they're not diving for the reasons that would promote staying with diving they're diving for an ego boost they're diving for a uh, look what i did kind of thing maybe they're diving maybe to validate something in their heads some self-validation i don't know we can get deep into the the psychological analysis but they're oh, not sure they're not diving for that feeling you get when you play on a team and it's just beautiful. You know, this is one thing I'm so thankful I got my kids into team sports, very young age, because the reward of playing on a, on a team as a team member, that the team meshes and works well together, yeah. that's, you can't recreate that, and that's a, it's, it's invaluable. You can't put a number on it, and it's, uh, it makes ver- life very, very rewarding and rich. Right, and I think most scuba instruction out there rewards you stupid shit <laughs> stupid yeah, fucking yes. shit the handshake you clear the mask you know that i get yeah, it you, you've got to give a little bit person yeah it encourages solo and self-reliant as a goal and yeah and you should be but yeah but to be able to work in the team yes to be able to be a good team member you do have to be self-reliant but you also have to realize you're a teammate and you have to be there for the other person as well 
You can't be right. selfish. And that's, self-reliant, right. and that's that selfish. selflessness thing that you were talking yes. about earlier. Mm-hmm. And when you see somebody like right out of the gate that's just getting certified and is saying, yeah, should I get a, you know, a, a jacket BC or a backplate and wing because I'm going to be a tech diver you know, as soon as yeah. I finish my you know, search and recovery and peak buoyancy class. You say, okay, <laughs> I, James, you'll, you'll missing- try to talk to them. Me, I'll say, next, <laughs> check, hey. Well, I think they need a talk, Brandon. <laughs> they do need a talk, but you know what? I've... I'm they need a, what they need is a, they need a philosophical discussion, which they've never received in any education. Uh, yes. But are they capable of internalizing a philosophical discussion? Are they capable of taking that, what you've got to give them, put it up there and look in the mirror and go, who am I? What am I doing this for? What am I doing this for? That's a, right. that's a, yeah, that's a great question to ask. You know, I th- and to sit and you know internalize as a diver, like what am I doing this for? Is mm-hmm. it just so I can uh, post a picture of me on this particular dive site as a as a bragging right, right to, to all my friends, or am I really doing it for something deeper inside me that when I am in my glory days, looking back at my life as a whole, yeah. was I doing was I doing something wonderful? Did I get what I wanted to get out of that? Because, again, I know you, how you feel about diving, because we've been together for decades. And I feel exactly the same way. I do it for self-growth and self-actualization and learning who I am. That's why you don't see the thousands of pictures I take. You might see one or two, maybe, that I might want to share. But I take the pictures for me. And I'll throw some to my buddies, but... The main reason I do this stuff is for me. I know it sounds a little selfish, but it's for my growth and finding out who I am. And in order to do that, I need, a, I need to do it within a team. It's the only way I'm going to learn about myself. I know this gets deep, and we always go into this direction. But I think you know, if you really want to get all there is to get out of diving, it has to be more than a fucking ego boost. It has to be more than look at my jacket, my patches, Look at what I did this weekend. You, you can't come home and, and, and have done it solely for that. You have to have, come home and look in the mirror and say, what did I gain from this dive? What were the good parts? What were the bad? Where did I enjoy it? Where, did, where do I need to work on still? You know, what, what areas are, am I shortcoming on? When you're aiming to or your, your goal is perfection, which you know you'll never reach because it's like I said before, it's an asymptote. You, you can't touch that line. You'll never reach it. But you're trying to get there. All for the self-realization. One of the things that I learned decades into my diving and my training and experience building was from what have become two of my other favorite people to dive with, Jamie and Wolf, Yeah, of coming home from uh, that cave trip we did a couple of years ago of what was the high what was the low i do with my kids what was the low and what would what's one thing i would do different you know when we come back and do this again naked i would do it naked i almost always say i would just do it (laughs) naked (laughs) with my wife but if it's really about elevating yourself as a person and not about a logbook entry and a card i mean that's a a philosophical talk that really brings everything that you just did home. Yeah. This was, this was the peak of the trip for me. Mm-hmm. This was the low. It doesn't have to mean that, you know, the, it was the trip it was to horrible. the, re- <laughs> it was the, the trip to the recompression chamber. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, this was the low, right? When I, you know, I, I found out that I had a short fill and, uh, yeah. you know, I had to call the dive early on my, what was, Playing out to be the most fun of all the dives. That was the low. Yeah. Oh, well, can... we got to come back and we're going to get to do that one again. And if I could do one thing different, you know, we're going to bring our, you know, old buddy who couldn't come on this time. We're going to make sure we figure out a way to get him to come on that next time. we go. Or, you know, but that's a that's a way to really bring the whole trip together. Well, yeah, if, in order to have a high, you have to have a low. You got to remember those two words are only relative, as is almost everything in the in life, in existence. So... You have to have a low. It doesn't have to be 
you know, my low was like you say, I, <laughs> I almost died, you know, it, it, it could be something silly. I stubbed my toe on the way out. A lot of times when I did it, you know, and I still do it. Were you there? Life, yes, exactly. <laughs> were, you, were you there? But that is a great, great uh, little practice to allow for some self, uh, you know, some introspection uh, after a dive trip or dives. What were the good parts? What were the bad parts? What were th- things you changed? I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if the bad parts, uh, having to say goodbye. Not bad. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You know, at least you're you're reflecting on something that's that you can internalize and bring about change within you decades later. It's like Diana Ross said: "You never can say goodbye." <laughs> Wait, right uh, when you said wait, say wait, goodbye, wait, wait. that's the song that went through my head. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, weren't we supposed to be talking about quagga mussels and Mackinac yeah, Straits? <laughs> like, we were. We <laughs> what happened to this episode? <laughs> well, I, I think, uh, what's that called? Uh, a stream of thought conversation. I really like stream of thought kind of uh, conversations because they can go anywhere. And they, they ultimately circle back. Almost always, they circle back to the beginning, which is nice. And they, they always offer something as far as a, a real peek inside the minds of the people in that stream of thought or the person speaking on that stream of thought. Right. It's like, uh, you know, when you mention invasive species, almost <laughs> always the first thing to come to mind is a, to a scuba diver is, is a bivalve such as the zebra or the quagga mussel. But to me, an invasive species is the uh, the instructor with a hundred dives under his belt, and they're invading. They're invading our fucking community. They're invading every dive site on the planet. Yes, and they're uh, they're damaging, they're very damaging, in, in many ways that aren't aren't. Re- it's not really apparent until later, until right, we see what they, we've got. Yeah, right now. because they uh, they really they really aren't purposely damaging. Right, but what what you and I know from decades later is what they produce becomes another one of them because they're put through the system that tells them that in a hundred dives they can be an instructor, and then what they produce is another hundred dive instructor, mm-hmm. and what they produce is another hundred dive instructor, and it all just you know, uh, you know, let's see, what is that? One, two, four hundred dives later. <laughs> Not 400 years later, 400 right. dives, dives later, later. is right. you've got somebody putting out a product and they don't even know what the hell they're doing. Well, exactly. And really, why are you becoming an instructor after 100 dives? What are you doing this for? Because Correct, yes. For the love of God, you are not doing it to, to give to the community. You are you've not got nothing, doing it. You've got nothing yet to give. Right, 100 joke of a dives. Come on, man. So. And the the problem is that the agencies just prey upon that. Well, the agencies get money. That you got to, you know, the whole business motto of grow or die and and all this shit is it's unsustainable and it's kind of unhealthy for for the world, for the for the economy. It just is not good. Well, that's funny that you that <laughs> <laughs> that our, our show even goes this way, you know, wanting to talk about the Straits of Mackinac. <laughs> we're gonna br- <laughs> we're gonna bring up World some zebra mussels. <laughs> uh, we're, we're talking about selflessness and philosophy, yeah. and then we go back to hundred dive instructors and like literally like earlier this week I've been been working on this uh, new blog, but it's it's basically that like teaching has it, it's not about the making a better world for divers it's not about making you know uh, doing the right thing with people who should be teaching and finding those right ones like teaching in scuba diving has become a product mm-hmm. not any different than a dry snorkel or a, a, a retractor a gauge retractor yeah. it, it's a product with a skew number yeah. and a barcode that's and all it is it's, and it's just a way to get money and it's not a great product. It's not a high-quality product. It's not a, a, a beautiful, high-quality, something-you-can-be-proud-of handmade product. It's a fucking churned-out fast food. Not, I wouldn't even say it's a Big Mac. I mean, it's worse. I love Big Macs. I used to, but 
Used to when I was a kid. I don't know what's in them anymore. I can't. And yeah. Don't get me going on Big Macs. <laughs> don't get me going. Did you see that uh, little, little, there's a post out there. It's like, uh, so they, they asked people in order to compete against McDonald's Quarter Pounder, which is the best-selling burger out there, right, in the fast food world, they made a third pounder, one-third of a pounder, for cheaper. People still wanted the Quarter Pounder. Americans they, wanted the Quarter Pounder. I think, I th- yeah, probably Americans. I don't know if they, they had the nationality. I know, I know as a whole, we're, our, you know, the mob mentality is a fucking joke of a low-IQ moron, right? So and this is this is proof right here. They yeah, yeah. Preferred, Go ahead. I didn't mean to went, interrupt. No, no, you're dead on. But they, you know, they preferred the quarter pounder because quote they thought it was bigger. <laughs> right. They're getting four, more for their money. Four is bigger than three. <laughs> right. If I remember the, correctly. The third pounder was less, <laughs> less money, more more pro, you know, more of a value, and they said I like the quarter pounder because I get more for my money, and you're like. You're an idiot. This is where we're fucking. This is Common Core math. This is fucking uh, TV. Uh, this is fucking social media. This is what's happened to the fucking mind of the average. I would say American, but I think it's bleeding into the entire goddamn hopeless world right now. Don't get me going. Why do you get me going, James? Well, listen to me. A quarter pounder and a third pounder is a discussion much like zebra mussels or quagga mussels. <laughs> By the way. You okay. know, to some people, they're all the same. <laughs> to some people, there's a big difference. Yes. And most people, when they talk about mussels in the Great Lakes, they talk about biceps. They, or they, they mention, when they mention this discussion <laughs> about these bivalves, yeah. they, they, by name, they call them zebra mussels. Mm-hmm. Which at one time, you know, the, the zebra mussels were the first to come in to the Great yeah. Lakes. But then uh, shortly thereafter, the quaggas came in. Quaggas. It's really what you see nowadays is mostly the quagga mussels. Really? Yeah. They're saying still, if you look almost... close, you see the zebras. But yeah, I believe it is. You're, you're right. Yeah. It's a, it's a hardier, stronger muscle than the zebra. And, and it has the ability to live on both is hard it, and soft surfaces. Is it like Arnold Schwarzenegger's muscles? Yeah. And yeah, another thing. The quagga muscle crush your little puny little arms. It'll crush your puny little split fins like nothing, little girls. The quagga muscles, they are going to pump you up. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> you know, there is a great benefit to all these quote-unquote invasive uh, muscle species mollusks, whatever you want to call them. I uh, think they're scientifically their known as bivalves. Bivalves, yes. Is the quag, quag muscle a quad valve or bivalve? It's a bivalve still. It's right? a Dracinia polymorphia, if you really want to get okay. nerdy about it. Well, that's cool that you knew that off the top of your head. <laughs> right, totally. To learn that in science <laughs> class. It's called science, people. It's called science. It's called science. Why don't you learn it? They have cleaned up the water, and that's what a oh, lot of divers Lordy, look at Lordy. as being a big, you know, uh, a big positive of them. Yes. But at the same time, you know, scientifically, you know, a, a lot of these biologists are saying that in the long run, that that could be a bad thing too. Yeah, but they, of you what know what? Do- I got to stop you right here because stop me. The Earth doesn't need us. The Earth will balance itself out. The Earth will go on long after we're done. A species moving into a different area is going to reach critical mass, and, and, and other scientists say this too. So it's not just me uh, voicing an opinion. It's, and, and they did. They do. They reach critical mass. The, the area can't support them anymore. Okay? Right. The, the region can't support them. But to, to you know put borders... On the world for species is a man-made thing. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. You know, it's it's us in our head. Like, oh, this species has to stay in in this township, right? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm the spe- with you. species yeah. go wherever they go. And now, yes, we're in a way we're responsible for bringing them in the in the ballast of 
tankers and you know ships freighters coming over here to the great lakes and now they're in a lot of the you know even inland lakes from different boats bringing them in yeah they're in uh you see them in the inland quarries but they've cleaned the water they cleaned they're a filter species so the water is clear it's a lot cleaner yeah i mean and if you can have you know the if the byproduct of that muscle coming in is looking at a photo of a shipwreck like our buddy Donnie just posted. Oh my lord! The uh, and we're going to be know, there next week. week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I'll take some zebras t- to see a photo. Sorry, of guys, got to take. We got to take this invasive species here so I can go have some good photos diving. Incredible! <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, beautiful stuff. Um, but yeah, we up in the Straits though. I think we ran into. You know, we had periods of good, good viz, but it wasn't our normal Straits of Mackinac viz, which is typically, you know, world class. Right. Like, I don't know if it was a, a matter of the way the wind was coming. Storms. The, the, the storms the, the past couple of weeks, the, the, the current moving and changing and being yeah. stronger than it was in, in times before. Uh, if that is what was pulling all the shit in the water, because, I mean, it wasn't bad. No, you know, but when you're, it was pretty when, damn when good. Yeah, yeah, but when you're used to hundred hundred feet of visibility on a wreck like the Cedarville, yeah, and you've got 30, 40, 30, yeah, you got thirty, forty, maybe. It's it's, it's a bummer. I'll, it I'll say I'll say it's a bummer. Yeah, it, hurts, it hurts, man. It hurts right here. And the wind wasn't bad, but it was not conducive for the dives that we actually went up and wanted to go do. But we did find something extremely interesting on the Cedarville. Yeah, it was a little. First, it, it was it was a little alarming and concerning. Yeah, for sure. Right before we even, well, actually, it was when we came up from our first dive, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, we came well, up yeah, from we our came first, up from dive the first dive on the dive Cedarville. And there was a sheen of she- oil on the surface. Right, and, and the boat captain thought that the our boat that we were on might actually be leaking oil somewhere. And so we went down to look on dive two to find out that. The, the old shipwreck was actually leaking oil. Yes. Now, before people get get uh, alarmed, uh, the Cedarville is a giant freighter, right? A giant steel Huge. Freighter. Huge. Huge. Like 600-foot-long beast. Yeah. Capsized, of course. It's steel. Most all, all steels are capsized uh, if they aren't purposely sunk. But um, And it's in 100 and what? hundred and some change. Yeah, hundred and some change, bitches. Um, I mean, I think I hit 106. I hit 106.50. So we went back down looking for the source of this oil. And uh, we found it at about... Well, we went down looking on the on the hull. We looked at the... The prop is no longer there, but we looked at the prop shaft. We looked at the, the stern uh, area of the, the keel and nothing. Didn't see anything. Did you? You didn't see anything. No, nothing. Nothing coming out. But it was coming out in such small amounts. Yes. At such sporadic times. And if you weren't, I mean, knowing what we know now, because we saw the oil coming to the surface while we were making our ascent. Right. We were in twenty feet of water. Dive was pretty much done, and that's when we started to see the globules of. Yeah. Oil coming to the surface. I thought it was Werther's. I thought it was Werther's coming to me because little, I love a those little, little Werther's. Candies, those My little mouth Werther's was a little original dry candies. from breathing dry compressed gas. If I was you guys just ever reach out and grab one, <laughs> Brando has. There's a couple things about Brando. He, he likes his <laughs> cardigans. <laughs> <laughs> he likes his slippers. I just need he a likes pipe. His, uh, wor- he's got a bowl of Werther's Originals. <laughs> I need a pipe and, and freaking. Uh, and he's got stories for you. Yes, come on, sit in my lap. But it's uh, it's amazing. That is what talk. it looked like. But you could grab mm-hmm. it, and it just like oh, we've got yeah. some video of the oil, and like I was grabbing those globules, and it just breaks apart. And yeah, but it turns out like we were very concerned, and the captain reported it to the coast guard. We were concerned because we yeah. thought, what the hell? The owners of the Cedarville claim the Cedarville is a coal-burning ship, not, not oil-burning. But they, u- they do use oil for the lubrication. Of yeah, of course. Their of course. So that's, mm. Yeah, so that's starting to just rust and break apart. And- well, it, so after you left, James, um, 
I talked to Captain Dan there at uh, Straight Scuba, who who lives there. His dive, he puts all the buoys in and everything for the shipwrecks, uh, and he was we- well aware of the uh, sporadic oil leaking from the keel section at the stern of the Cedarville. And what he told me is there's an area that uh, the oil is bubbled up and it's maybe a gallon of oil back there, maybe a little more, he said, but a couple gallons max. So he said it's, it's uh, the Coast Guard is aware of it. Everybody's aware of it. It's not a, a ton of oil. Mind you, it's, it's not great for the environment, but it's not, you know, the 50,000 gallons. Deep water, of, yeah, it's, yeah, not it's not a not deep horizon. water horizon, you know. <laughs> not the Exxon Valdez and... You know, not it's not like line five mm-hmm. burst on us or anything. No, no. Um, so but it does uh, it does make for an interesting new find in the Great Lakes. You know, something first time I've ever seen anything like that. I have never seen oil in the water either, and it was kind of unusual. I, I didn't think that's what it would look like, but it was kind of uh, yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. Met some nice people. Really nice guy. Yeah, it's always I always enjoy. I mean, as much as I like specifically diving with people that i call teammates in the water right don't get me wrong i mean i love being out on dive boats and meeting meeting new people and being in the water with other people mm-hmm. you know that's always fun i mean that's that's the one of the best parts of diving is meeting the other people and hearing different stories and learning different things agreed that social aspect of diving is uh well i think it's a main reason a lot of people get into diving but I met an, uh, another instructor and went diving with him. I, I dove with another guy that I've dived with before out of the shop. And um, uh, and another guy that came, uh, a one-armed diver, which is amazing to see, a one-armed diver. I mean, he is he's in twins. He's in a dry suit. And he looks good in the water. Uh, I got to give kudos to him. And he wants to come on our ice diving trip again. So did you miss not having me there brando <laughs> i i know uh i know there's i can dive with almost anybody especially on you know wrecks in that depth range you know 100 Likely, feet or yeah, so yeah. um likewise but yeah yeah but there's you know if it's a big dive like i want to be with a teammate yes like i there's a difference with like getting a dive done and having fun with somebody mm-hmm. and yeah it was a good dive nobody died we had fun took some pictures but there's trips that I've done where I've really sat there and said, man, I, I would have really appreciated having old, old Brando here with me. Well, there's a, uh, an element of relaxation on the dive when you, when you don't feel you're an instructor working. Okay? Right. Uh, and a lot of times that's what I, I do feel like when I'm not diving with my regular teammates that I know are on my page and I'm on their page and – and we mesh together well because we've played the game before together and we, we, we know how we operate. Yeah, there's a difference with just the smoothness of going through something as simple as being on the same page with an actual gas plan with a diver that right. you call a teammate rather than like, like having that discussion with somebody who's unprepared because they've just been taught – you know, yeah, you got to come up with some air at the end of the dive and uh, make sure you're looking at your gauge. Yeah, there's that mm-hmm. uneasiness feeling or that, that question mark that you know that you have to contend with. And something as simple as just bringing up the topic on a boat often, you know, especially to somebody who's got some experience under their belt, you know, can be a little bit alarming. Like, hey, are you, you, you calling me out? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, it's, you got to. But it's not, that's not at all what. No, you got to be diplomatic. Yeah. Well, and this dive, I, I did kind of go, hey, what's, what's your gas plan? Hey, what's you carrying in your pockets? Hey, you know, what's our ascent plan? What's, what's our plan on, you know, I, I wanted to know what, the, what he had in mind. I, I know what you mean. And yeah. I think that's the big thing of the, why I meant earlier of the comfort of being in the water with you and I, right. you know, or me and a couple of other people that I have in my small little Rolodex of mm-hmm. what I would call teammates. You know, if, if I'm going to do a dive that's, you know, at my, you know, level, like where you're pushing that comfort zone of really getting into like a, a big dive. Going in a wreck. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, like you want to be with somebody that's 
on page yes. versus, you know, just getting in the water with somebody. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, it's fun. But there's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, that's the magic of putting in the work to build a teammate that we were talking about way back earlier. That, like, that's where when you can get into that magical flow underwater with, uh, with other people, that's what diving is to me. That's what I want to do. Exactly. You come up from those dives smiling, and uh, you remember those dives. And, and it just builds. It builds. And you learn on those dives, too. So enjoyed my weekend. Um, and the straights diving was, it wasn't the best I've had, but it was good. Well, the straights is always beautiful. Yeah. I mean, the, the area, you, you, can't, oh. you, you can rarely yeah. find a more gorgeous area to be topside, especially yeah. out on the water, out on the boat, the, yeah. the bridge, the, the islands, the, the view. The is, wilderness is, there. Uh, yeah. Absolutely gorgeous, amazing it, country. It, and the water's so pretty. We didn't have the best of underwater visibility conditions. Um, I think but it hey, had, that's, Jane, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's life. dice you roll, baby. Um, I was going to say, I think that is mostly all just weather and currents moving shit in the water, yeah. right? It's just shaking things up, the wind and the storms we had, and then it's just moving because it moves through the straits going between Huron and Michigan, right? Or Lake Michigan. Yeah, right. But if you go into the marina... You know, as you're coming in where the water's a little more still and you're not getting all these currents and everything, that water, you can see 30 and 40 feet down. Easy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Crystal clear. It's yeah. crystal it's, clear. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's just, yeah, that's just the, the flow of the water. And... It's a gamble. It's like well, a hey, box Brando. of chocolates, James. It's like a box <laughs> like, of chocolates. Diving's like a box of chocolates. Mama always told me. Diving's like as a box of chocolates. As she handed me a Werther's original. Exactly. <laughs> sit down. Mama so. always said diving's like a box of Werther's. Let's hear your Forrest Gump. James, I got no impersonations out of you this week. Brando! Well, hey, listen. Go ahead. That was a big uh, roundabout, uh, very unscripted discussion today. We we really never really got deeply into what we wanted to talk. We talked about many different things but i thought it was a fun little show it was i, it I thought it went in a, in a pretty interesting off off the script kind of way today and i'm, yeah. I'm okay with it yeah it, it still was a great discussion i like i like having these off the cuff again stream of thought discussions where one thing leads into another leads into another and hopefully we can circle it back and it, and it makes sense to the listeners yeah yeah i think so uh i think we did in this one so groovy i say i'm gonna call it a win Call it a win. All right, people. We'll see you next week. We'll talk to you next week. You'll hear us next week. We may not see you next week. Safe diving, folks.